0: Welcome to The Quiet Life. I'm Michael James Wong, author, educator, meditator, and your host for the show. This is a podcast for powerful conversations that celebrate what it means to be human. Join me each week as I speak to inspiring and insightful guests about their life, what they've learned, and what they've left behind on their way to a more mindful way of living, and discover their personal experiences that have helped shape their lives for the better. Listen in and find your way to a quiet life. This week on The Quiet Life. And what does empowerment mean to you?
1: I don't use the word empowerment. I use the word empowerment because I have realized that you can't empower somebody else. And we often talk about empowerment as something that's being done to us. Whereas empowerment actually says it as it is, the power is within you and it's about you allowing it to come out and unfold it and believe in it.
0: Hey guys, and welcome back to The Quiet Life. I'm your host, as always, Michael James Wong, and I am more than excited to uh, bring on a new guest to have an honest conversation, to really have this dialogue about what it means to be human. This week, I'm joined by Britta Fernandez-Schmidt, who is an author, advocate, and promoter of women's empowerment, women's rights and equality, and is the UK Executive Director of Women for Women International. Britta, welcome.
1: Hi, Michael, I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh Well, it's so nice to have you here. And thank you so much for joining. I mean, you and I were having a little chat before we started. And it was really nice to hear just that we come from a lot of the same places in how we can kind of see people as humans first. I mean, you have a a new book that's out, which we'll talk about in a little bit and the work that you do with Women for Women, which we'll come back to. But, you know, I know that you mentioned that, you know, there's a chapter in your book, which is very much similar to the question that I always ask people on the way in, which is, could you share with us a little bit just about who you are and not uh, what you do?
1: Yeah, I love that so much, Michael. I thought about this so much, you know, how some, so often we introduce ourselves with our job titles and it never really tells you much about who you are as a person. And how exciting it would be if we greeted our, each other by asking, you know, what sets you on fire? Or like, or like you say, you know, who are you? So who am I? I am deeply passionate about the human potential and about doing what I can to help others unfold their potential. And in particular, women, because I'm so aware of how there are so many societal structures and norms that make it that much harder for women to believe in their power and to follow their fierceness, I guess. And so, so that's really what drives me. And what I have learned is that I need to do that for myself. I need to allow myself to unfold my potential and tap into my power. And that is the greatest impact I can ever have because hopefully that would inspire those around me to do that, go on that journey for themselves.
0: And I really love that. And I love everything that you've been saying already. You know, what you speak about when we talk about human potential is such a powerful statement in its own right. And I think for me, coming in from a, from a perspective of, you know, certain practices and mindful practices and, and, and perspective is the, the essence or the origin of, of potential has to be self-awareness, has to have that sense of actually what am I capable of, what kind of capacity can i actually be of service with what i have you know it's a really empowering way to to look at ourselves which for me is really nice because it, it it leads quite nicely into our theme for this week which is which is empowerment which is i know something that you believe in wholeheartedly and it's a big part of the passion that you bring to the world but not just what is it but also maybe the, the dare i say the the roadmap to to feeling it, the the steps in which we can find it, because for a lot of people we can hear the word empowerment and it's easy to go, oh, okay, you mean like Beyonce, whatever, you know, you have these kind of you have these iconic ways that we can see it or connect to it, but actually on a very practical level or on a very me level or on a very my life kind of level, how do I actually just move in that direction? Do you know what I mean? Mm, I do. <laughs> I'm
1: so, to you yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean, let's start it this way. I mean. For you what does empowerment mean?
1: Yeah thank you so much for asking that question. You know what Micah, I actually don't talk about empowerment anymore. I use a new word called empowerment and that is very much because of the experiences that I've had observing how people empower themselves and that you cannot actually empower someone else but that when we talk about women's empowerment for example we often seem to suggest that we can empower women you know or let's empower women and it's like mm, in my experience let's create the environment where women can empower themselves and Mm. that we talk about empowerment it's a process of being in your power and that's why I talk about empowerment because it's actually about realizing that you have that immense power within you it's right there. It's, it's like you don't have to do anything in, in order to get the power within you. It's right there. It's more an unfolding. It's an allowing. It's, an, it's, a, it's a realization. And so how, you know, how we can do that is number one, the word that came to me as you were speaking, um, uh, Michael, because I think self-awareness is absolutely the key. It's curiosity. You know, to be really curious what's inside of you and, and 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 so it's like a journey like inside and you know you're going kind to of start and you it's like if, if you dive into water you know you you're just on the on the shallow surface and you'll find interesting things there and then you know go you go a little bit deeper and you go a little bit deeper and the deeper you get the more this power is revealed to you And you realize that all these things that you were waiting for to somehow someone else to give them to you, all these questions that you thought someone else was going to answer for you, the answers are right within you. And so it's really about shifting the perspective. And really practically, one of the things that um, I do, and I know you talk about this a lot in your podcast, is is journaling. And that's a really active way of, of searching inside of yourself. And when you journal, ask yourself questions and write them at the top of the, uh, of the page because there's this immense power of questions, isn't there, Michael? I mean, just questions are just, they're like magic. You ask the right question and you have no idea where you're going to end up, right? But in the same vein, there are questions that hold us prisoner, that hold us captive, that keep us small. And identifying those questions and replacing them with others is key. And my key one that was keeping my power small is am i a good girl <laughs> mm. <laughs> there is so much wrong with that question i can't even tell you right because number one it's it's sort of who is going to answer that question right it's like who is going to answer that question number two based on what kind of evaluative system or kind of scoring like what is good what does that even mean and number three it's clearly not yet, right? I'm clearly not that yet. So I'm like in this future that haven't, hasn't happened yet. And so those three things are like the least empowering you can ever feel, right? So it's no wonder that we don't feel in our power because we're waiting for someone else to determine it based on some kind of value system in a future that hasn't happened yet. So we need to replace those questions. I mean, we need. To, I mean, we can replace those questions. And instead, we can ask ourselves, who do I want to be? That is a question that you can answer. In fact, only you can answer it based on whatever you think is right in inverted commas for you. And you can do it right now. You can start that process right now. And that's what I found to be key to starting to really own your power, be really curious, get to know yourself. It's exciting, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And what I really like about that is is you make a comment about you know where we place our value system. And I think there's a lot of ways in all of our lives we have given that value system to others to hand over this power of judgment or this approval or validation, thinking that there's a certain designation that someone's going to go, okay, Michael, you're now good enough, cool enough, whatever enough, right? And And so while it might seem even at a surface level, a little bit of a, potentially a cliched approach, look at, are we good enough? It's actually, what I love is you're talking about this this deeper layer of, are we asking the right questions rather than looking for certain answers? And in all of our lives, you know, we, we've, we've been asked many, many questions, whether they're the right ones or the wrong ones, whether they've inspired us or maybe distracted us. But even at the same time on another layer, we've all been given statements or expectations or labels, right? You know, this this question that you pose of, am I a good girl, it's probably because at some point someone in your life says, you're not a good girl, or you're being bad, or you're being disrespectful, or you're being too loud, or you're just, you know, this and you're just that, right? We've been loaded with statements. I mean, for you, if you don't mind me asking, you know, if we track this back a little bit, maybe in in the timeline of your life, did you have any moments like that when you were growing up or when you were younger where someone just layered you with a label or an identity that you took on board that maybe wasn't something you should have?
1: Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, incredible. And not just a couple, you know, quite a few. And being a good girl was well, its like a short for conforming, for... Looking up to to old elders, like to to people, just because of they they have authority positions, whitening that instinct that you have, that curious instinct of saying, well, but why? You know, no, that's like that's really annoying. Like we don't don't ask difficult questions. It was even to the point where, you know, I'm very tall and and I, I've been very passionate, you know, from as long as I can remember. And there was this kind of sense that you're too much. You're just a bit too much. You're a bit too tall. You're a bit too loud. You're, you know, you care a bit too much. Can you just be quiet? And and I remember my father, and I'm sure you know people don't mean to do this, right? They're also all part of the system. But it was just, sure. just can you be quiet? Just can you just turn it down a little bit? And so this that created a very clear sense in my mind that if I wanted to fit in, if I wanted to be accepted and liked and you know who does not want to be liked no one grows up thinking i want to be really different to everybody yeah you just don't because you want to belong you want to belong to others and so so for me to unravel that and particularly around the age of like 14 15 16 that that time where, you know, as a woman, you know, you kind of get come into your body and it feels really uncomfortable and then you come into society and it feels really uncomfortable. You see, suddenly you realize that all these expectations, like you say, Michael, on you to behave in ways that your instinct tells you is absolutely not how you want to be. And so that's where this rupture is created. And I genuinely, because of a lot of meditation and, and, and coaching work that I've done, I've realized I had, I had this rupture within me. I was literally broken into two. Where on the one hand, I was this artificial creation of wanting to conform. And on the other, was this strong, fierce, you know, Britta that just wanted to be who I am. So through a lot of healing and a lot of introspection, I have realized that and I've been able to make peace with it and to let go of this belief Mm. that I adopted when I was younger, that I had to behave in a certain way in order to be liked. And and you can let that go. You can replace those beliefs, right, Michael? And you can free yourself from them.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a really nice point to make that we can grow from them or into them, or that we can learn from them. Is there any moments that you might recall that, you know, a lot of times when we have these, like you said, these almost are seeing ourselves in two parts where you literally answered one way when everything else inside you said, I'm actually just appeasing someone else's judgment or expectations.
1: Well I mean they I think there probably were a lot of um, moments I remember one where I was 15 and we were sitting at the kitchen table and I was so I I was we had just moved to Venezuela from Germany and I had for the first time really seen extreme poverty with my own eyes and I saw how it was impacting on women disproportionately and I mean just to see people living in in kind of cardboard boxes and then seeing country clubs and and, and extreme wealth alongside I, it was it, it sounds really simplistic but i that is a, a kind of incredulity that i had then that i still have now what how is that possible how can we not live in a world that is mm. more um equal and where we distribute our wealth more and and um, but at the same time i was also awakening uh, kind of waking up to the inequality in my life and how gender inequality and those structural systems were impacting on me and my brother, who's a year younger than me, and we were sitting at the at the kitchen table, and um, and my father said to me, "You know, go and help your mom tidy the table." And Alex was sitting right next to me, and I think like, "But but he's you know he's a kid, and why does he not have to help? And what's going on here?" And and I had a lot of anger inside of me, Michael, but I never got angry. I never got angry. I never shouted like this is wrong. You know, I never did. I um. Just kept a lid on, and you know, and I think that is something that I observe now in in my daughters. You know that anger, and and I and I'm glad to see that they are letting that anger out, because that's a way to to release the frustrations you have when something is systematically affecting your existence, right? And and that's why I do believe that there's a real important role for anger. But I unfortunately never learned that, and. Mm. And that's been, that's been
0: really hard. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting topic to land on this aspect of anger because anger can often be seen in a negative light. It can be looked as something that is both, uh, out of character or an exertion of insecurity or disconnection, but. To your point which i think is a a really interesting point is the value that it provides maybe the release that it offers the positivity that becomes of it and you said this quite yourself and and similar to me you know growing up it wasn't you know if you have those these kind of frustrating angry moments keep it to yourself you just carry on or you just figure it out to someone listening to this who sees both sides of that if they're leaning into this this idea that releasing your anger in a certain positive way is beneficial how does one do that is that is that rather than saying giving someone permission to go if you feel angry knock someone across the ear but you know actually what is the what is that release look like for you
1: yeah Exactly. So what I'm doing now is, is to actually even allow yourself in the first instance to identify that emotion as rage or as anger. because I think, and then maybe this is really a generational thing, right? But definitely in my generation, that was just not acceptable for women. You just did not feel angry. And so it didn't even, that wasn't even vocabulary. Right. And so to, for me, it's like really recognizing, Oh my God, actually, no, I'm not sad. I'm not upset. I'm angry. (laughs) Okay, wow. Okay, that's great. So now I've named it, right? So I've named the emotion. And so now I can say, okay, so I'm angry, right? So what am I angry about? And then so you kind of take on this kind of emotional scientist approach, right? Which goes back to this curiosity, right, Michael, where you kind of say, okay, so what am I angry about? And then you say, and in my case, it literally is always about inequality. Ultimately, if I dig down, it's like, it's because this is unfair, this is wrong, and something has to be done about it okay, amazing, right, because that's really interesting, so what do you want to do about it? And that's when you turn that anger into energy that will propel you forward to create the change that you want to see. Now, that can take, you know, this sounds really easy and really quick, that can take a while for you to really get to the bottom of it, and also for you to find a way to use that energy in a uh, generative manner, you know, that generates change. But I think it's, it's powerful. And obviously, you know, if we look around the world, the, the activists and the movements that have created the most phenomenal changes for humanity, a lot of them have been powered by anger. But, but I think the key, what I have learned, Michael, is that at one point, the anger has served its purpose. And, and, and hopefully you can transform it into love. Now, that sounds like a big leap. But it is possible, and I think it's very important for our own personal well-being because anger is a uh, very intense and uh, emotion that I think will exhaust you if you hold onto it for too long.
0: Mm. I think that's really profound and a really, really meaningful way to look at that. And maybe I, dare I would say the process or the path towards from anger to love doesn't have to be so disillusioned because as you said, it's anger to energy. Energy is the source of power. Power, if we layer into your definition of empowerment, so how that power then kind of energizes us or starts to allow us to be uh, of a certain capacity, we realize that through our actions, we can help to deal with inequality or we can deal or fight challenges, which is all rooted in this aspect of this loving kindness towards others, right? And so there is, in my mind, a, a very clear path from anger to love, but it is really nice to hear this perspective because most people will say anger, bad, love, good, as opposed to anger, step one, love, step five. You know, it's, it's actually moving in the same direction that our anger is the root uh, expression of, of, of our love.
1: Oh God, I love that. You know what, Michael? I love it so much. And I want to just re-emphasize this because we don't talk about this enough. Judging our emotions just does not help us. And labeling them good or bad or positive or negative does also not help us because if you feel it, you feel it. Okay. Why would anybody judge it? So if I feel angry or you know hate i mean or 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 what, whatever i feel is i feel it and if i do not start judging myself because i feel it that's just kind of squashing my power isn't it whereas if i take a scientific approach I, in terms of scientific in a sense like as a scientist you don't judge right you're just interested oh i wonder why i wonder what i'm feeling that it's just like that's what i mean when i say you know take a scientific approach to your emotions to say don't judge it. Don't judge or label them. Just understand them and then, and then move from that place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and that really begs the next question for me, because if we talk about this idea of that anger is one of the root motivators of energy, which creates this sense of empowerment, how do we then we deal with that same sense of empowerment if we're not angry, but we're more fearful or in doubt Or we have kind of this imposter syndrome, which maybe a lot of people can relate to. How do I find my own sense of empowerment? I'm not angry. I'm just scared or uncertain or nervous.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's right. And that's where, for me, inspiration is the number one thing. And that is something, again, sounds maybe quite nebulous, but it can be really practical, right? So I have a whole chapter about how you can allow yourself to be inspired because like with anger, again, you feel inspiration and you might not even really notice it. You know, so maybe, some, like, maybe you have a goose, goosebumps, right? Or maybe something like moves inside of you and you're like, oh, I feel inspired. And then you move on and you do go to the next thing. So next time when you have goosebumps, stop for a moment and ask yourself, what is it exactly? Why? Why is my body literally responding here, right? And then, and then, and then you will sense it inside. You're like, and something is ignited. You know, ask yourself, what is that? Because that is your power. That's your know, what I call my fierce. My fierce is right there. It's like, yay! You know, party. It's inspiration. Hearing other people's stories. I mean, just now I was listening to you talk about this journey from anger to love, and I had goosebumps. Why did I have goosebumps? Because because you were reflecting back to me what I so deeply sense in my most inner essence. And knowing that someone else can see that too, gives me a sense of connection that just motivates me so deeply, right? So for, I know for me, connecting with someone else at that level is like all I need to reinforce my power, right? And so so I understand that. And so I, you know, encourage everybody who's listening to do that, to really ask yourself what inspires you, because that is the direct linked to your the source of your power it absolutely is and that is what I use when I feel fear and I feel fear every day that's like normal we're not trying to be fearless I mean at least I am not you know I know very few people who give me the impression that they literally rarely ever feel fear so the reality is we will feel fear but we have a choice because we also feel inspiration we also feel our fierceness and this power within us and so we can choose to follow that, being aware of our fear and getting to know our fear. So having that same curiosity about our fear is really important.
0: Yeah, and 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 I love that. Fears are human experiences, right? They are an experience the same way as is overthinking is, uncertainty, regret. I mean, this is part of a, I guess, a system of approach that I teach, which is called the four doubts, right? Fear, overthinking, uncertainty, regret. When we look at those, those are human experiences But where we have this opportunity is in the actions of what we do once we experience them. Right. So experience, awareness, action allows us to go, Okay, well, we are human. These things happen. We experience them. They are a part of who we are. But now we have the ability to be self-aware of them and to make considerate actions that move us in, in a direction of, Empowerment of purpose, of passion, right? Uh, other ways that we can say empowerment, purpose, passion, right? Progress, evolution, all these kind of things are, are different sides to the same coin to, to look at how we can look at empowerment as a way to maybe grow into this place where we can be of our greatest potential, as you said earlier on, which I really love. Yeah, I think that's exactly. Take a moment to download the Just Breathe app with guided meditations, music, and soundtracks created and recorded especially to calm the mind and ease the body. We've literally put the power of mindfulness in the palm of your hands and even more, it's free. We've created this app as a way to support our growing community and it is for anyone and everyone ready to step into a quieter conversation. So go ahead and download the app now. It's on iPhone and Android devices And for more information about our growing conversation on and offline, make sure you visit JustBreatheProject.com, where you'll find more podcasts, lots of amazing stories and video content, and conversations all around mindfulness in the real world. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at JustBreathe. And this essence of curiosity, which is a really great way to look at it, is such a powerful tool for people. Because we do have this limitation on maybe what we think is appropriate or necessary or within the time that we have. Oh, I only have this, so I got to do this and these other things, whatever, right? But I guess my question at the root of this for you is, you know, if we if we think about this aspect that some people can be listening to this conversation going, okay, and, and, and I'm going to take it as a theoretical or playing devil's advocate, uh, you know, Britta has done a lot of work to understand what it means to find her power empowerment. She's written a book on it. She's an executive director. Again, I'm just listing your labels, but obviously for you, you know, this kind of journey has to have had some, you know, had to have had some moments where you've completely said, Oh crap. Right. Or I'm not sure if, I'm good enough here, or this is the right approach for me. And so when people look around and see you or see other people around, however you want to look at it and they go, well, it's easy for that person to say that. Again, I'm I'm going into a a long winded uh, way of talking about a bigger conversation, but for someone listening in that capacity, they go, well, I don't have this, 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 and this, and I feel a bit fearful, uncertain, or nervous. I'm not angry, but I do realize and recognize there is value in me stepping into something greater. What does that process look like for someone's evolution?
1: Yeah. For me, it was really spending some time thinking about my purpose. So you just mentioned purpose and because I think we are trained as humans, like right? the way we're conditioned is very much externally validated right like you said your job title and you know what are your objectives what's your five-year career plan all those kind of frameworks that determine your value and so we are we are primed to think in that way and i think that one of the reasons why this purpose statement is so effective is because it kind of plays a little bit to that mindset of having an objective you know or to having a a purpose (laughs) um and even though the purpose is is far more nebulous and it's it's about who you are as a person who and the impact that you want to create in the world due to your special power that we all have. It helps us, it helps us to suggest to ourselves that we matter. And what I have learned through the work that I've done is that we all want to feel that we matter. So we have that fear and we have that voice in our head constantly saying to us, maybe you don't matter Mm. because that's really what we're saying like am I a good girl am I good enough and I like you know maybe I don't matter and that is just the most devastating thought that you can allow yourself to have because we all matter every single one of us matters that's why we are here we matter and and to think about what sets your soul on fire and really concretely right this is not just an airy fairy exercise in my second chapter I have a whole exercise that you can do where you really write down what and what is important to you what are some of the life-changing experiences that you've had how have they shaped you who are you as a result and write those words down and then look at those words and then use them to start framing a purpose statement this is who i am and this is what matters to me doesn't have to be perfect doesn't have to be beautiful and it's just about you but it's starting to take yourself really seriously so then when you have moments of fear, so like you just described, so maybe somebody says to me, oh, you know, it's all good for Britta to say because clearly she's got it all sorted. So now, number one, I don't. Number two, it doesn't help me if you think that, right? Number three, it doesn't help you if you think that because that's just an assumption you're making based on some external, you know, norms. And, and you know for yourself that that is just all fabricated. So, free yourself from that and ask yourself what do you want to achieve, like what is your purpose and that can then help you in moments of doubt and I have had those, Michael, I've been bullied, I've had some horrendous experiences um, at work that have really challenged my commitment to my fears And, and, and for a while, for example with this example, I did not challenge the bully, I just Kept quiet because I felt like I had no right to speak up for myself, that I didn't want to be the difficult one, I didn't want to be the, you know, too loud, too whatever, And until I realized that me not believing in my power, I mean, that's not great for me, but it's also not great for those around me, because there's always someone looking at you no matter where you are you don't have to be an executive director for people to be looking at you you know your family your friends they're looking and they're taking the cue from you so even if you don't care so much about yourself which i hope you will and that that's the journey that you're on if you care for others it's still the greatest gift that you can give to anyone is to honor yourself and to believe that you matter and show Show the world what you do when you believe you matter because those are the ripples that will just change everything, right?
0: Mm. It's such a beautiful way to look at it and an important way to look at it because there is so much externalization of our validation in life. And that's just the way society has groomed all of us. It's something, unfortunately, we aren't able to yet break away from, but we can grow towards, right? And it's that sense that, you know, as we see ourselves maybe in the company of others who might try to shine a brighter light upon us with their judgments, you know, let's say like, like in, in any good metaphor is that for us to be that light of equality or uh, of our own greater positivity helps to actually show others there's a space for everyone because we can make room for it right we can actually open up the space for people to see that if brita is bold and loud and tall and strong there is other people who have equally been given that judgment in their life who have shrunken quietened softened all these things that have actually you know they've started to own as their identities in the way that they experience life. And as you said, this reflection of ourselves and each other, as we can see that inspiration that we find. And that maybe, if we're not yet to fully embody it, to take that, dare I say, responsibility to be it for ourselves so that others can see it and, and allow it to find it in themselves as well. Uh,
1: and that is a journey. I mean, for me, one of my favorite life what is is life, the journey not a destination, it's a journey, and it's a continuous journey, and we can, and someone has said to me the other day, you know, we're just all walking each other home, and I just thought to myself, that's it, and we can do that for for each other, right, so whilst you can only empower yourself, because it's your, you don't have to do it alone, and like you say, this kind of seeing the reflection of each other in each other, gives you that strength of our shared humanity and it's like you become more than the sum of of the parts you just you you realize that you are part of a of a much bigger force a much bigger power that that you can tap into and and that can you know you can become you can become one with that and that's when inspiration i guess is at its highest Mm -hmm. level Um, and that's why sharing of our stories is so powerful
0: yeah, what I really love, I mean, that—that that is a really beautiful quote, you know, we are all just walking each other home. It's a beautiful Ram Dass quote, spiritual teacher. And what's great about it is that we all collect little bits of inspiration or what I call words to live by, which really help guide and navigate the way that we can stay on our paths or stay true to the power that we find along our paths. I mean, one question to, to follow on with that, though, which, which might be really interesting or helpful for people to hear. I mean, throughout your life what's one great piece of advice or wisdom that you've been given
1: the one i have been given a lot of great pieces of advice the one that comes to my mind is be more do less and that was a really big one and you know it. I think it plays into some of the things that we're saying about job titles because linked to that is also this kind of productivity imprint, right? It's like, we are what we do. (gasps) That's so crazy. That's like even an oxymoron, right? I mean, you are who you are. (laughs) And that's the thing. And so for me to realize, and I was absolutely, I mean, I'm a doer. I would always say, I'm a doer. You know, I get things done, like boom, boom, boom. And, And then somebody said to me, you know, Britta, I want you to literally just you need to be more and do less and I remember thinking well what do you mean what do you even mean and that's like 10 years ago and she used and she always said to me you should meditate and like meditate no way I'm sorry I'm busy like I go running in the morning you know and that's kind of what I do for myself and that's all good and she's like yeah but I mean you're still like really active you're still like you know you just need to come down and obviously now after you know doing meditation for nearly 10 years now and, and understanding what that means, I'm like, oh, can I just be? I just want to be. <laughs> can I just be? Mm. So yeah. been one of the best advice ever.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's such a powerful thought in all aspects, you know, this aspect of how we can really cultivate this sense of of non-doing or non-striving, you know, this this idea of be more, do less. That same idea that we're the essence of all of our lives comes from we're only as good as what we produce, or we're only as good as what we can accomplish, right? Or as success is the only marker for our worth. And all these things that you know are very easy to maybe talk about, it is challenging to move away from or to remove them as our aspirations because. It's how society works. It's how life works. And the, the joy of these kind of conversations is, and I say this with love and honesty, is to hear the struggles of people like yourself as well, that recognition that it's not like Britta's got it all figured out. It's not like Brita's just sitting around being all the time, right? And I can say this honestly. I mean, I'm a meditation teacher. I speak about this. I teach about this. I write about this. But half the day i'm doing things i'm trying to get things done so there is this sense of life is a yo-yo and we figure it out and we just need to have little markers that keep us moving in a certain direction and it doesn't have to be forward a direction could literally be hey michael and britta maybe you need to go backwards and sit on the sofa direction right and that actually where growth comes from because if you've spent however many years your life trying to not only move forward but move forward faster than everyone else quicker than ever more efficient than everyone else the direction that you need to be moving is the other way or even what i would say i often say you don't need to move forward or back you need to move down to the floor right down to the floor or lie down on the bed and for some people for the a type of person that's the hardest direction to move it's like fine i'm happy to take criticism and go backwards i'm happy to go left and find a different path i'm happy to go forward but actually are you willing to go down and sit sit your butt down and just hang for a moment this is that inward power that we talk about. This is this inward step of, can we come back to a place of really understanding how is it that we exist? So what is it that serves us to to move in a direction that's of benefit?
1: Yeah, I mean, that just resonates so absolutely deeply. And and I love this um, image of yo-yo. That's really, <laughs> it's just really wonderful. And, and then the other word that really stood out for me was joy and i thought it was really interesting you look at the yo-yo and joy and 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 finding joy in the not doing and joy also is something so different to happiness isn't it and achieving and it's just and it's it and then you find it in those moments in that awareness and now i build it in so even as i hop from one meeting to another I would have a moment in between the meeting where I go and I just wash my hands and I just try and be really aware and conscious. And I used to always know exactly what I was doing every day, of yeah. the hour and a now I don't Now I know I'm going to talk to Michael now and I don't know what I'm doing next. I genuinely don't. And that's like incredible. I can't believe I would never have thought in my, yeah. in my life that I could get to that point where I, I could be so present mm. in the doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love this, how you, how you went to joy because you know, joy is an embodiment of a certain existence without being too existential on it. And I tend to talk about joy simplistically as, you know, joy is needing nothing yet having everything. Mm. I don't need to go here to do this. I don't need to achieve that. But yet, even in this moment, I feel I have a lot. I have friendship with you. I have conversation. I have curiosity. I have questions that are being answered and unanswered, but we feel here. We feel awake, attentive, aware, empowered to actually be human, which is quite a strange epiphany for a lot of us to have these days of, can we actually return to humanity as opposed to strive for opportunity or connectivity or anything else?
1: Yeah, in fact, can we be and can we sit with that being and and be curious about what comes up and where that might take us? Yeah. Beautiful.
0: So, I mean, let, let's, let's do this because obviously this is a really lovely chat. I could sit here and talk to you for hours, but I want to do a few things just because also I'm, I'm really aware that it's helpful for people to have resources. And while not the core focus of these conversations is to lean back into the work that you do, it is important to share because of the the books that you write, the messages that you share. Can you give me a little snapshot of the new book and Women for Women International?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I'd be happy to. So my book is called Fierce to Fierce, um, and it really encapsulates a really our conversation, Michael. Um, it's about acknowledging... That we all feel fear and that fear is often keeping us from um, tapping into our power and fully owning our power so i've got the first part is really about finding meaning and i talk about inspiration and purpose Then the second part is all about owning your power and i have found four key pillars that are key to that a love strength care and trust And it's like I have really practical examples as to how you can help yourself, because I know that sometimes it feels overwhelming. And then the last part is all about transforming the world around you and realizing that being the change is the hardest thing. But that when you commit to that, you are creating the change that you want to see and you connect with others. And you have these moments of deep knowing that you're exactly where you're supposed to be and So and I wrote that book because of my own personal experiences, because of my own search inside and being more and doing less, and but also because of the immense inspiration that I have received due to working as the executive director of Women for Women International, where over the last twelve years I've grown a community from literally nobody knowing about our work in countries affected by conflict with the most marginalized women to now you know thousands of people supporting our work and and understanding how powerful it is that we can actually see another woman in the democratic republic of the congo or in iraq and we can say to her i see you we can connect through the the sponsorship program that we have and the letter writing that we do and that we can actually practice our shared humanity that we can think of afghanistan not just through the news item of oh no 200 people died in a bomb and you're having a syria but actually asking yourself those are 200 humans and and how are they? What has happened to them? And what is happening to their families? And can we care? Can we can we just stop for a moment and ask ourselves, what can we do to create change? And so that's what um, what I've been doing over the last 12 years at Wonderful International, really trying to bring alive those stories and those realities and move away from the headlines and look behind the headlines and ask yourself, you know, what's actually happening to you? women and and their families and their communities in those countries and and how can we and and raise awareness and inspire so i've used a lot of the tools i guess that i talk about in my book i've used them in my work and i see them and i see the women in 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 countries affected by conflict using those very tools to rebuild their lives to 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 stand up tall and believe that the trauma that they've experienced does not define them It, it it has obviously shaped who they are but they still get to decide what they will do with the wounds and with the trauma and with the. Um, and obviously, I share a few stories in my book about women who have changed their lives and have overcome unspeakable atrocities and have, um, gone on to create the most incredible impact. So
0: Amazing. Well, I am very much looking forward to diving into the book and to supporting more any way that, that I can, and our community can. So thank you for the work that you do, but more importantly, who you are.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I absolutely love this, this conversation and I feel deeply inspired and connected. So thank you very much, Michael.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Well, I thought maybe to, to wrap up the chat, you can help me with this last question. And what I'd love to, to ask you is, you know, with your experience and your wisdom, with the conversation that we've had today about empowerment, what does a quiet life mean to you?
1: I, I, had a, I had an answer when I thought about it before, <clears throat> but let me, let me just go in right now. A quiet life for me is when I connect to my fears inside and I listen really carefully with curiosity, and I sense this joy to simply be alive.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Britta, for sharing, for being with us today, and to sharing your words of wisdom around uh, what it means to be human. For anyone who wants to connect with you, where's the best places to reach out?
1: Um, Social media, probably, at BrittaFS. Yeah, that's great. I've also got a website, brittafs.com, so you can find me there.
0: Beautiful. And of course, guys, we will put all of those links in the show notes and in the posts. You can obviously connect with her on social, and websites. Make sure you grab her new book, Fears to Fierce. Check out Women for Women International. And there's lots of great inspiration as always from this conversation and all the conversations that we have on this podcast. For me, it's really so inspirational to have moments where we can really discuss what it means to be human. Britta, thanks again so much for being on the podcast this week. Thank you guys for listening, uh, for tuning in and to being big supporters of the work that we do here at Just Breathe. Once again, uh, I'm your host, Michael James Wong. You can always follow in and connect with me on all normal social medias. Same with Just Breathe across uh, social media and website. Thanks again for listening, guys. And we will see you next time on The Quiet Life.